0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Birklow And I'm Alex Tons. And on today's episode, what you're going to hopefully learn is the vast difference between our working years and our retirement years.
1: Yeah, or, or when and how we accumulate wealth. And then how do we distribute it or how do we turn that wealth into income in or cash flow in retirement.
0: When we're sitting down with our clients, you know, especially if the client looks, you know, somewhere where they're still in their really main working years, right? And what I mean by main is probably in their late 30s to maybe late 40s. And, you know, their income is really on that that drive upward. And they're really starting to think about, okay, where should I be putting my money and what concerns are out there about my money and we always talk about this analogy around a mountain climber
1: yeah uh, and so like as we go you know whether it's just starting out in our late 20s early 30s or whether we're we're on the cusp of of retirement i like, think of that as the journey up the mountain the the ascension um, or climbing to the peak and that the, the peak will be you know, where we, we, everything changes and we start coming down the mountain and we look at turning the assets that we've accumulated and they're no longer, it's no longer an asset question. It's now a cash flow question. So when you think about this,
0: our, our working years, right, we can make different mistakes in our working years because we have typically many more years of work left. You can make up for those mistakes. And just like when you're climbing, you may pick the wrong path, but you can come back and and direct yourself and and hopefully get to that peak. However, when you go to quote unquote retirement, right? And I realize retirement, that definition is ever changing. When you start to need to pull some version of money from your assets, that's then the, the climb down off of the mountain, right? That's the retirement. At that point, and, and even in real life, most climbers—they actually, their faults or you know the people that pass away, mountain climbing are—it's on the way down. It's not on the way up. And the same thing is true with your cash flow or your money because when you're climbing down, normally the income coming in the door has typically shut off or at least shut off to some degree. And if you make a mistake coming down the mountain. You don't have the same time frame and same capability of making up for that mistake.
1: Absolutely. The choices and the flexibility that you have just start going away the second you start that descent. Um, they don't go away completely. But I mean, if we think about it from a standpoint of like, like, okay, if you're on the verge of retirement and the market has a really bad year in the last year before you retire, you have the ability to just say, you know what, I'm going to work an extra year and I'm going to delay retirement. And, you know, it's super easy to do that. However, if you're two, three, five years into retirement and the market has a bad year, it's a lot harder to say, oh, I'm going to go back to work for a year or two. Because now you have to go get a new job. You have to get hired. Like, you may not want to do these things. You may have been passed by. Um, you may run into ageism where people decide that they don't want to hire a 65 year old or a 68 year old or a 70 year old or later. Um, so there, there's some some major headwinds for trying to make those decisions after choosing to retire.
0: So we're to discuss about five key areas that are vastly different in accumulation years your working years versus your distribution or retirement years that first area is what we will call mortality right and this is really just kind of protecting around like in your accumulation years it's the protection around dying too soon a premature
1: death yeah the the fear here is that you're you're gonna, you know, pass away, and that your family will lose out on your income. Uh, you, your kids won't have a, a parent, or will become uh, your your spouse will become a single parent, and all all the trials and tribulations of trying to figure out how to pay for college and the mortgage and keep food on the table and all of the all of the stuff that comes along with that. Now, fast forward that to the retirement or
0: distribution years. And that mortality aspect is no longer—you're no longer worried about dying too soon. Right now, you're pulling money from your assets.
1: Now you're actually worried about living too long. Yeah, the concern becomes okay if 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 I'm am I pulling too much money out of my assets and will I run out of assets before I run out of breath? Uh, and there, there's certain things we can go ahead and do to to help mitigate these these issues. But at the same time, uh, th- this is you know a concern that everyone faces at some point during their life uh, in retirement is, do I have enough? Yeah.
0: So th- that takes us to really point number two or key difference number two here, and that's around illness or injury.
1: Yeah. And so during accumulation, if we get sick or hurt we're worried about protecting our income and we're worried about, okay, Hey, if I can't go to work, I don't earn a wage. And if I don't earn a wage, that's bad for my family. And so we're worried about protecting the income on the the climb up the mountain. And then on the way down, in theory, you're still
0: worried about protecting your income, but really it's you're more protecting the assets that turn into income. So what happens if, you know, imagine in retirement, this tends to be like a long-term care type need or or medical concerns. As we get older, obviously, in general, our health is declining. Well, what's the cost of that going
1: to be and how much is that going to hit my asset column? Yeah, it it shows up as extra expense instead of a loss of income because we're not we're not. Earning an income typically in retirement, and so we're not worried about that loss of income. We're worried about extra medical bills, whether it's long-term care or or just extra, you know, medicines and copays and doctor's visits and all that stuff. Um, And so now it's just an added cost. And will that deplete my assets sooner? Then you know, Alex, have already brought up the market, right?
0: So point number three is volatility. Right in our in our accumulation years in our working years, while it, it, the the true volatility in the market you know can play on our emotional side where it has us go in and out of the market possibly, but hopefully not. But the whole point of that volatility is to provide us
1: a rate of return on our money. Yeah, and we're we're excited about. Uh, You know, we we have time on our side. We have the ability to withstand the market going up and down. And so while while we may not love volatility, it works in our favor. It works on our behalf, where if the market goes down, hey, we simply get to buy more shares at a lower cost. Whereas if the market goes up, hey, we win that, too, because now our stuff is worth more. You know, ultimately, we want it to go up and over time. Uh that's that's been the historical trend. And and so while we're still working, volatility is our is our friend and our ally, whether it allows us to to purchase more shares or or whether it allows us to grow our wealth. And the key
0: piece there is we're not taking money out of the market at that point. Fast forward to retirement when you're actually pulling money out so that you can have an income and live the life that you want in retirement now
1: that volatility now becomes a foe right because when we take dollars out of the market in retirement we don't have the choice of simply waiting and allowing the market to come back because we we have to take it as an income now there's there's things that we can go ahead and do to help mitigate that some of that risk and 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 you know put ourselves in a better position so that we're not as susceptible to market fluctuations however if the market's down in retirement that especially early in retirement that that's a bad thing because of what it does to uh, to the value of the dollars when we start taking them out you know once we start liquidating assets those assets no longer have the ability to recover from from uh market volatility and so market volatility really becomes a, a foe and it doesn't matter um, you know, the, the, like, we just don't have the ability to wait for it to come back.
0: You know, so so speaking of, you know, investment accounts, right? A lot of, we just had an episode about this around taxation of different investment accounts. In our accumulation years, what's talk, talked about most is putting our money into a tax deferred type vehicle. Like this is your traditional retirement plan at work, your traditional 401k or a traditional IRA. And in our working years, it's thought of as a, a good spot to put money because we get that tax, we get a uh, it's pre-tax money that goes into the account. It's tax deferred money and the growth of it is tax deferred, right? So we don't have to pay the taxes on that growth. So in our working years, that sounds fantastic. So it tends to be what is thought of as the best spot to put our money in our working
1: years. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different folks out there in the investment community, in the tax community that talk about the wonders of getting that, that tax deduction and how it multiplies your dollars and what you can do with them. And then when we get to retirement, It's the last place that we want to pull money because we're now having to pay taxes. And so every dollar that we choose to pull out of that traditional uh, structure, whether it's a 401k or IRA or pension plan or other vehicle, every single dollar winds up being taxed and taxed as ordinary income. And and so now it's the worst place to pull money from in retirement. And, And so one of the things we need to make sure that we're doing is creating that balance between it can't both be the best place and the worst place. So we have to create that balance between the two um, so that we've got different buckets that we can go ahead and pull from when we get to, to distribution. So we're not just pulling assets out of, quote, the worst place to pull it from and where we don't have choice and flexibility and control over our, our tax structures.
0: And the last topic that we'll talk about in this in this mountain climber scenario that we're talking about here is inflation. And in our working years, right, the cost of goods is going up over, you know, that 20, 30-year time horizon. However, we don't really notice it because in general our income will go up throughout that time horizon. Like if I'm talking to a 35-year-old or even a 40-year-old right now and I say what do you expect your income to do over the next 10 or 15 or 20 years?
1: Very few people have ever told me to, it, for it to, they expect it to go down. Yeah, I don't think I've said had anybody tell me it's expected to go down. They, at worst, they expect it to be flat. So almost everyone says
0: I expect it to go up. Well, because it goes up, we really don't feel inflation as much in our working years because our income
1: in general is going up. Well, we and all, we all remember those jokes about uh, like our parents telling us that uh, bread used to cost a nickel and all of the, you know, the, the various different jokes around inflation. Um, and, and at the same time, I mean, it, it's it's real. We don't necessarily see it year to year, you know, but think back to like when we were in college, like how much, you know, milk or cheese or gas cost. Um, you know, Ryan and I are in our, our early 40s um, and it like, gets a sizable difference now thinking about what, what that stuff costs now compared to what it used to cost back in the day. So then
0: fast forward to retirement years, right? We've got this asset that we're trying to pull income from. So inflation all of a sudden becomes a big deal because you're not working anymore. You don't have income coming in the door to help keep pace with inflation. Social Security kind of does.
1: Kind, kind of, but of. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you're most, pulling- most people that I've talked to that are on Social Security they're like, oh, hey, yay, my my uh, increase in Social Security covered the increase in, in my my Medicare. Um, right. So they don't actually see the difference there. So the, the only option sometimes is to
0: essentially spend less money.
1: Yeah. When you're on a fixed income and inflation goes up, like your income just doesn't go up. And so now, you know, unless you've got in inflation hedged structures or a way to deal with inflation down the road in retirement, your cost of your standard of living is going to go down because inflation is going to occur. Um, I mean, it's, slightly less certain than death in taxes, but it's, it's gonna be there. So
0: the overall message we're hoping that you're getting from today's episode is your working years, what are threats or concerns to our money literally flip-flops in our retirement years because in our working years, we in general, because we have an income coming in the door, we can redirect, we can kind of make up for those things that could occur. When we get to retirement, we've already made the decisions we've made. We can't unwind 30, 40 years of asset growth and where we've been putting our money and what we've done. And even then so, the decisions you make in retirement, if you choose a decision and that decision happens to be wrong, that can really take you down a, a path that leads to not—I mean—the security kind of goes away.
1: Yeah, the amount of choices and flexibility that we have in retirement is is much more limited, um, especially once we get to the point where we're on a, a fixed income or we're on—you um, know—we've we've made the choices that we have and we don't have any more flexibility with our assets, uh, and that really leads us to uh, to our question of the day, doesn't it, right? Yep. So the question today, I get to ask the question today, Alex,
0: (laughs) and that question of the day is, how has this episode helped you think differently around where you should be putting your money? So head over to beerandmoney.net, and and at the bottom of that page is a spot for you to answer our question today, as well as see any other episodes or any other resources that we've got on the website to help you with your financial decisions. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711 909 399 1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives for Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burklow, AR Insurance License, number 15319412. CA Insurance License, number 0 k 24924 Alexander Collins AR insurance license number 7264699 CA insurance license number 0H24806 number 2021116265 expiration February 2023